It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Are the Mariners peaking too early? Who do we trust most in the bullpen? And what is the long-term outlook for Dominic Canzone in Seattle? We'll answer all that and more about your first place Seattle Mariners coming up here on Mailbag Monday. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Monday, August 28th, 2023. This is Titan Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description of this episode. It is Mailbag Monday, the show where we answer your Mariners' questions. We're going to start here with Mudcat Grant, who wants to know, plain and simple, are the M's peaking too early? Given with their start, they needed to peak when they did to make the playoffs. Just worry it will be hard to carry momentum long enough for a World Series run. Colby, first of all, welcome back. I know there are a lot of people that are very excited to see your face. Hmm. Secondly, what do you think? Well, first of all, thank you very much uh, for welcoming me back. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody can Wally pit me because I am Lou Gehrig. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I would agree with the premise of the question that the Mariners are peaking, um, because peaking seems to imply that like they're playing out of their minds right now. And I don't really think they are. I think they're playing to the talent level that they've had and always have had. Um, it took longer to get there than we like. Uh, and it does happen to coincide with them playing some pretty bad teams over the last few weeks. So, um, you know, I think peaking implies that they can't like sustain uh this level of play now i think it's fair to say can they sustain like this win percentage that they've had over the last 20 no probably not but that's because no team is that good but the fact that they're playing this well i think is sustainable um and because they're playing this well and you know in a stretch of the schedule where they're playing bad teams yeah it's not surprising that they've rattled off this i mean incredible uh stretch here Mm -hmm. so I don't know if they're just peak. I don't know if they're peaking or they're just a really good team playing really good ball against really bad teams. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if that's a peak uh, or if it's just kind of, you know, a little bit inflated because of how, because of who they're playing, but they're just playing good ball. And I think this is a team that can play good baseball. Um, you know, it's, they've got what, 32 games left, I believe it is. Uh, so would it surprise anybody if they won 95 games based on how they're playing? No. And 95 win teams can go on stretches like this against these soft teams all the time. So I don't know if they're peaking or not. I, I really don't know if they yeah. are. I, I think it, they could just be playing really good baseball against really bad teams. Yeah. Know? I think, I think the insane results are unsustainable, but the level of play is sustainable, right? I mean, like yeah. they're not going to maintain a, 850 win percentage over the final 32 games or whatever it is i would love to see them try though it would be awesome but uh it would make that last week plus at the end of the season a lot less stressful uh but you know julio recently has made the emphasis on multiple occasions to say we're not hot we're just good we're playing good baseball and i agree with that because we had said a lot when they were really struggling to escape 500 that 
they're too talented for this. They are way too talented for this. And the fact that they were able to maintain a 500 record, despite all of the things that went wrong for them, how much it just rained, you know what on them for most of the season. I think that says a lot about the talent on this roster in general, and that we're now just seeing that come to fruition with this stretch that they're on. So yeah, September is probably not going to look anything like this, but I think they're more than capable of having another successful month and they're more than capable of winning the division and really doing whatever they want in the playoffs, just like we thought before the season began. It just took a very long time for us to get to this point, but this is essentially the team, right? I mean, again, obviously the results are insane, but this is the level of play that I think we all expected, or at least Colby and I expected when we were talking about this team in the months leading up to the season. So, yeah. Next question here comes from Brad. Uh, with Teo's current production, should the M's again consider giving him the qualifying offer? This has been an up and down question all year, I feel like, but on the whole, I think it would be a good idea. Uh, I've said yes. I've said no. I've, I've said it so many times here. I don't know, man. I really, I really don't know at this point. Teo's had such a weird season. He's had two amazing months and then the other three months or however many it is have been league average at best. So I have no clue. Uh, what do you think, Colby? I think at this stage, I'm a no, uh, because when you look at the overall numbers, it's a 107 WRC plus. I think he's sitting at right now it's not that hard to go find a corner outfielder who can put, put up a 107 WRC plus those guys are everywhere. So to me, to risk the $20 million hit, uh, you pretty much have to think that he's obviously not what he's been in August. I think he's putting up like a 170 WRC plus this month or something like that. Uh, but you kind of have to believe that he is what he was at least last year and what he was the year before that, which is a 125 to 130 WRC plus guy. Do, is can he do enough over the, these last you know, five weeks to make me think that probably not. Maybe. I mean, we'll see. You, you, you don't want to write out any, you don't want to write off any possibility, but I don't think so. The defense has been a little bit better than we expected, but has certainly, you know, regressed a little bit back towards the mean. And, and, you know, this is the mm -hmm. second year in a row where we're kind of, I don't want to say making excuses for him, but it's the second year in a row where he's going to, you know, lose about 10% uh, of offense. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, the strikeouts are going up, the walks are going down. Like, this could be a bat that's trending in the wrong direction. He's on the wrong side of 30 now. I don't know. I don't know if you want to take that risk. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, roster construction wise, it would be a very limited risk because it's one year and whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if he took it, that is. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, if they put 20 million into Teo, what are they not putting 20 million into? Because I don't trust John Stanton yet to just be like, oh, well, yeah, no, that's fine. Just keep on adding, keep on spending more than that. So, yeah. uh, I would I would lean no right now. Uh, I don't foresee anything that I think you're open to like an like an extension. I think maybe he let, let him test the market, and if he wants to come back at like, you know, two and thirty to something like that, maybe I'm interested in that. I just I don't think he's done enough yet for me to feel comfortable. And honestly, I think you slap the qualifying offer on him, he probably takes it because I don't think he's going to get fifty million bucks based on what we've seen so far. Maybe that changes yeah. uh, over the last five weeks. But it, if his overall numbers pretty much stay where they are right now, uh, I don't I don't foresee him getting a, a massive con a massive contract. Now, let's keep in mind here that the, the hitting market is going to be 
poor, and that's being generous about it once we get to a free agency. Uh, so maybe because of just the lack of other talent around him on the market, he does get a deal like that. Maybe he does get two to three years, but I just, I have a hard time seeing it with these numbers. I just, with, with Teo, I need to see this more evenly spread out over the course of a full season. I don't need two boom months and then four bus months. Like that doesn't do a whole lot for me because I just, I never know when I'm going to get good Teo. Right. So, if I can go get something that's a bit more dependable, maybe uh, doesn't have as much of the upside that Teoscar Hernandez does when he's at his best, but gives me more of an evenly spread out uh, production over the course of a full season for, you know, maybe $7 million less than, than that, you know, per season. And maybe gives me a, you know, a path to a, a longer term option. Then I'm probably going with that over Teo personally, but, like Colby said, you know, a lot could change. And, you know, for the rest of the regular season and into the postseason, maybe Teo continues to hit like this for the rest of the regular season and has great postseason. Maybe he's a big part of a World Series run. Who knows? And maybe that changes a lot of our perception of him and where we think he kind of fits into this whole thing. So I'm open-minded to that. But right now, as, currently, as things currently stand, I just, I don't know. I don't know because I don't know if he's just going to fall off a cliff again. I just yeah. don't really trust him right now. All right, we got more questions coming up here in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Lockdown Marys podcast is brought to you by Dave. No, not Sims or Kneehouse. Dave is the banking app that's leaving the financial field. Now, one time or another, we've all needed a little financial help. That's why Dave is great. Dave can get you cash between paychecks and can help you build credit by settling extra cash advances on time. When you download Dave, you can get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account advance the money you need with no interest and then settle up later so if you're in a pinch get the help you need by downloading dave download dave today at dave.com slash mlb for terms and conditions go to dave.com slash illegal eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply banking services provided by evolve member fdic that's dave.com slash mlb you can get up to 500 dollars in five minutes or less no credit check no late fees download the dave app now or go to dave.com slash mlb this Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen here on Mailbag Monday. We're answering your Mariners questions about your first place Seattle Mariners. Folks, your first place Seattle Mariners and those first place Seattle Mariners are facing the last place Oakland Athletics starting tonight. You can catch all the action on the Mariners hometown broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. Before we get back into these questions here, Colby, 
first place Seattle Mariners. How does that sound, man? Here comes the eh. Like yeah, it's August 28th. Predictable. So predictable. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, sounds good. Certainly sounds better than first pit, first place uh, Texas Rangers. That's for sure. Those frauds. Got that right. You got that right. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Twins who, who really didn't do anything to win that game. It was mostly Jonathan Hernandez's terrible control that won that game for the Twins. But we will take it. So thank you, Minnesota. All right, let's get back into these questions here. Tyson wants to know, I'm a huge fan of uh, Dave Sims, but he does seem to be a bit polarizing. Who would you say is his MLB player comp factoring in his polarization and where he ranks for you guys compared to other play-by-play guys? He's kind of Teoscar Hernandez. <laughs> like, he's got a he's got a six RBI, two home run game in him. Like last night in the ninth or yesterday yeah. afternoon in the ninth. But then he's got, you know, some some weird routes on fly balls that he'll take. Like he's he's kind of tail. Yeah. Um first of all, who listens to other play by play broadcasts? You guys yeah, losers. Like yeah, I don't I don't, oh, I don't go have anyone to, the, to compare to him on that front. Yeah, I'm gonna go listen to the Cardinals broadcast just to compare him to Dave Sims. Why? Like who does that? Um I don't know. He's he's kind of like like Dylan Moore sometimes, like the swing is just terrible and like he has just awful at bats and you're just like, what are you looking at? Like, what are you doing? And then he'll hit, you know, a grand slam against whoever Brooks Raley, whoever it was. And, and you're just like, oh, okay, well, you know, <laughs> he got me there. Uh, so yeah, I think Sims is like a moment guy. <sighs> Gus Johnson is like a, like a play-by-play guy who like, mm-hmm. I personally, I don't really love his play-by-play, mm-hmm. but when that, big play happens like that huge moment oh he gets amped up and like he brings the elite yeah yeah like you want gus calling moments you don't want him calling games dave is kind of the same way you want dave to call moments you don't want dave to call an entire game uh so and honestly i don't mind dave calling a game like i know a lot of people don't like him which i don't get like i i mean yeah he needs uh, the right partner he needs the right partner in the booth for me that's blowers blowers helps him a lot and yeah. we've seen him without Blowers a lot. I mean, he's been with Goldie, and Goldie's been good, but that's that's two play-by-play guys together. So yeah. that's a little bit awkward in general. Uh, I don't I don't enjoy the broadcast with Sims and Ryan Roland Smith personally. I I don't. Um, yeah. I don't think they play off each other well. I I just I don't think that's a good tandem. You know, I think the best tandem that the Mariners have is is Goldie and Blowers. Um, I don't think that there's even anything close to that really. Like at least on the TV side of things. Um, Yep. But yeah. Just, Sims is fine. Like I, I don't get people who like, oh, I hate broadcasters. They completely take me out of the game. I don't think you like the game then. Like I don't know what to tell you. Like yeah. I also <laughs> think people are a little too hard on, on Simsy in general. Yeah, like I, I get the meme like, oh yeah, there's a high fly ball deep to left field caught by the shortstop. Like, haha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get it. He has bad depth perception, although he nailed the can zone call yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Uh, totally shocked because I thought it was gone. Um, and then he's like, eh, I think he got off the end of the little bat, the end of the bat, and it's caught at the warning track. And mm-hmm. It's like, oh, good call. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, Dave is a is a moments guy. He's not like a nine inning take you home type of uh, guy, and, yeah. and that's fine. That's totally fine. And again, if, if like he's so bad that it ruins the game experience for you, I guess watch the game on mute or, or just shut up. Like deal with it. Also, up. some of his some of his bad calls are funny. <laughs> like yeah, there's some like, value yeah. to those. Like the hey Lloyd, do some delivery. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. that that whole call is amazing. That truck. is a that yeah. is a 
that is a legendary call <laughs> it is terrible it is. but it is legendary like yes so, we yeah. uh we stand dave sims on this we, show we, we do yeah. we do we do we love simsy would love to get him on the show sometime uh jack wants to know who do you trust in this bullpen going forward justin topa end of list <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah yeah it's like i love matt brash i love andres munoz i love gabe spire but uh, apparently you don't love taylor saucedo i love um, i love sauce too i love apparently sauce. Not. apparently not uh luke weaver obviously. i also love thanksgiving mm-hmm. throwback mm-hmm. for hardly anyone soon. hardly anyone's gonna get that reference now because that's from the early days people are i'm gonna have know. to put people on game with that uh obviously luke weaver trust mm-hmm. with your entire chest uh uh yeah it's it's topa right now is is like the guy they feel best about and then if it was andres munoz like last night or like yesterday like we got that guy every time mm-hmm. i mean obviously nobody would ever get hit off of him again but like yeah i like that guy and i still mostly trust brash it's just kind of like like I, I trust him with a one run lead more than I trust him with a two run lead as weird as that sounds. Um, I just feel like, you know, if he's up two, yeah, he'll go up the solo shot or he'll walk sure. hit Bapib, and then he'll strike out the next two guys. And you're just like, Oh, well not exactly what you want, but yeah, Topa's definitely the most trustworthy guy, but uh, yeah, he's, he's not the best. So there's some concerns about the bullpen, which, you know, goes back to the trade deadline and not that they shouldn't have traded Paul Seawall, just that they should have added more. They should yeah. have replaced him, and they didn't. yeah they they shouldn't uh, have been so. like yeah Trent Thornton and Edward Bizzardo. Yeah. yeah, like we, cool. we got this. Yeah, yeah we're, we're gonna give Trent it. Thornton the ball in the tenth inning, <laughs> and see what happens. Like, nope, that should never be a sentence that anybody says. Yeah, but there you go. So yeah, Trent yeah, Thornton was like Isaiah Campbell. What Isaiah Campbell is doing right now in this bullpen, I feel a little bit better about that. Uh, I mean, I don't feel great about Campbell either. Like. No, no, no. I'm just saying the role. The role, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. like, hey, we'll use you from time to time, like when we need you. Yeah, you, you shouldn't have guys in your bullpen, by the way, where you're just like, oh, we're up by five. Now's the only time we can use you. Like, right. No, that's like Bizarro. Like what yes. they were doing with Bizarro. Yeah. Like yeah. Chris Flexen. Like the Mariners are a team who loves to have like as many pitchers on their roster as they can, mm. but they don't need to because they don't use there's always one guy in the pen that they will not use unless it's a blowout and it's like that's yeah a waste of a spot like so yeah yeah it's it's topa and then probably brash and then spire munoz for the moment yeah like i just i don't andres is just yesterday was great the time before that was not very good uh his arm yeah. slot is dropping quickly, by the way. I don't know if you noticed it. He looks sidearm to me now. So it's so I was I was talking a bit about that after the show yesterday. Like I looked at the side by side. There's a couple where he's at his normal slot yesterday. Like the, the backdoor slider for the last strike it was just his normal arm slot. But then there's a couple where, yeah, it's a bit lower. So I don't know if it's just a repeatability issue there. I don't know if it's something that he's consciously doing i i don't know you you can't throw your fastball on your slider out of two vastly different arm slots like that's a tell and yeah, yeah. especially if you're only throwing 97 98 like not 101 it, it, it's i don't know there's something up with munoz i don't know if it's just mechanical or if he's compensating for an injury somewhere else but like 
I don't know. I just I don't quite trust it yet. But yeah, that night was was good, Andres, and that's that's one it of was. the funnest guys to watch in baseball. So, and again, uh, that Dave Sims call was elite. Mm-hmm. Yep, good vibes at the ballpark, good atmosphere. So, mm-hmm. uh, Mariners fans are feeling it, and if if Brash and, and Munoz can get to their like 90th percentile the rest of the way out, uh, it's a very dangerous bullpen. Uh, next question here comes from CJ. Who other than Julio will be the biggest impact on the Mariners winning the West slash securing a wild card spot? I think it's Matt Brash and Andres Munoz, honestly, because you're going to be playing some close games, especially in those Astros and Rangers series, mm-hmm. which could determine your your playoff lives. I mean, we'll see what happens here with the Blue Jays and the Red Sox, but uh, definitely will you know uh, have a, an impact on seeding and have an impact on your division chances for sure. Uh, for sure. So yeah, as far as the AL West goes, it's going to be Munoz. It's going to be Brash, and those two guys are going to be key X factors for uh, for October as well for for the playoffs. Yeah, it's just the bullpen as a whole. Yeah. Um, starting pitching, you feel good about. Maybe they'll lay a couple duds in there. It's always possible, but feel good about that. The lineup is certainly longer than it has been in a couple yep. years, at least. Uh, just one through nine like it used to be that you had like like five guys trying to carry the load for like nine spots in the lineup now it's like you have 12 guys carrying the load for nine spots in the lineup right because now you can use dylan moore and caballero they can give you good at bats you can use uh canzone and rojas they get added in cal raleigh's turned things around uh tom murphy hopefully back in the next week or two um, so it feels like it, it's just a deep lineup that they can do some things at the late in games. Uh, so I don't think anybody in the lineup is the correct answer because everybody's kind of carrying that. So I, I would say it's, uh, it's the bullpen. It's the guys in the back end. So, yep. All right. We got a few more questions to go over here on the locked on Mariners podcast, but first a reminder, this episode is brought to you by sleeper want the chance to win more money with less picks head on over to sleeper where you can win up to a hundred times your money just two or more fantasy baseball picks all you have to do is choose two or more players that you like and select more or less on their stats like home runs strikeouts hits and more get your picks right and you could win big making your picks is easy and takes only 30 seconds or less and if you win you can withdraw your payout safe and quickly use promo code locked on that's l-o-c-k-d-o-n and you'll get up to a hundred dollars matched on your first deposit Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. It's currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen here on Mailback Monday as we answer questions about your first place Seattle Mariners. We're taking on the Oakland Athletics tonight. You can catch all the action on the Mariners' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app we got three more questions to go here on mailbag monday this one comes from jake uh, do you think that luis castillo or george kirby will win the cy young as of today they are at the top of the whip leaderboard so that is walks and hits per innings pitch for those that don't know uh they're having really good years i still think it's going to be kevin gossmer and garrett cole though yep zero percent chance they win and look i i get you know cole's on a bad yankees team but He's we really cole. think we really think national media is going to care about that. It's still New York. It's still the Yankees. And you know what they're going to say? Well, in spite of that team being an absolute yeah. dumpster fire, Garrett Cole was still amazing, and especially in a hitter-friendly ballpark. Yeah, I think it's going to be Garrett Cole. Should be Gossman. Yeah. Um, Kirby's right there, though, man. Like, if you look at Kirby's numbers, he just doesn't have the strikeouts. That's the big part. That's and, and the Gossman huge part. Had, 
and yeah. that and that and Gossman has the strikeouts, right? I think it's like a three strikeout per nine difference it's between huge. those two guys. Yeah. yeah, it's a pretty large gap. I would say I, I expect Kirby and and Castillo, assuming they finish the year relatively strong. I mean, we get that Luis Castillo we saw yesterday like twelve more times this year. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, I I think you know they probably finish. I, I bet Castillo is like fifth or sixth. And Kirby probably finishes eight, nine, ten, somewhere in that range. Yeah. I think that's probably I think, you know, I like Ty and I, you know, may or may not have placed a wager on uh George Kirby winning the Cy Young this year. We did. Oh. And I want to say this. I don't think we're wrong. I just think we were a little early. So um, next year. Next year for yep, sure. Yep. Doubling down. <laughs> uh but no, they they're not they're not gonna win it. And honestly, they probably should. Like it it should be Gossman. It I mean, Cole's been a little bit better. I mean Framber's had a really good year as well. Mm. Uh, had a couple rough starts recently, so mm. you know maybe that's knocked him out of the race. But I think third is the absolute highest I could see either of them finishing. But I think more likely they're both going to be somewhere in that five to ten range. I need Jorge to uh, throw like four complete game shutouts here before the end of the year, and then I'll it's, be twenty five hundred dollars richer. It's yeah. not like anything's riding on it per se, but if he doesn't, you might not see me. <laughs> uh in november just yeah so we'll see how that goes but uh no going i think Vegas, baby <laughs> I, I think they're both uh gonna finish somewhere five through ten somewhere in that range yeah for sure all right next question here comes from brett with several more great plays in the final game against kansas city a eugenio suarez has been putting together a really impressive defensive season when slash if does he get national recognition and maybe a gold glove? Do you guys think he's been that good? Uh, I do agree that he has been that good. Uh, yesterday was just another example of how good he has been, especially on that near double play that he had in the eighth, which, I mean, if he doesn't make that play, that's probably a tied game. Yep. And, you know, we see, you know, how the rest of that goes. Um I think he has a good chance, especially now with the context of Matt Chapman's injury. Because Matt Chapman, I don't know how many of you have seen it, but Matt Chapman landed on the IL today with a uh, middle finger injury. It's something that he uh, he hurt while uh, working out a couple of weeks ago uh, while weightlifting, and he's re-injured that finger now. So uh, he's on the IL. I don't know how long he'll be out, but that was probably Gino's main competition and maybe only competition on that front. Um, so I, I think he has a fairly clear path, uh, clear path to winning it. It just all depends on if those who determine this award actually know ball and more times than not, they've proven they don't know ball. So yeah, my only question is, has Gino hit enough? to win the gold glove <laughs> right right because you think like, that's a silly question but it's not it's it's Derek jeter has a gold glove juan soto has a gold glove juan soto has a gold glove vladimir guerrero jr has a gold glove and he it's does. not because they can field a ball it's because they can hit it a ball is. so has gino done enough offensively to win i don't probably not and chapman it once you like have this reputation it's very hard to unseat you right like mm-hmm. arenado wins the gold glove every single year Cabrian Hayes is probably better defensively. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not egregious that Arenado wins it, but he's I like statistically, objectively, not the best defensive third baseman. Mm-hmm. But 
he hits and he's established. So he wins it. Uh, Chapman not hitting this year either. So that's, that's a point in his favor. He got hurt. So Gino can kind of stack some, some more plays where Chapman can't. And I think his other competition was probably Josh young and he's also hurt. So, yeah, uh, I think he's got a good shot. Uh, I think, you know, it's one of those things where it's just tough. And and this is where players should have a say and like other coaches and managers should have a, it shouldn't be up to the writers because how many of these guys who vote on this award have watched Mariner games period, like let alone focused right. in on Gino and what he's doing defensively. Uh, I'm right, not the sure. Mariners still haven't had a, a Sunday night baseball game. We talked about this a few yeah. days ago. Like, right. I mean like the Mariners could put together a great highlight reel and kind of send that out and, and kind of like start a mm-hmm. campaign. But at the end of the day, it just, it doesn't, I don't know. I, I don't know what the metrics say on, on Gino either. I don't know where he ranks in terms of like outs above average and all that stuff, because mm-hmm. quite frankly, Defensive metrics are garbage anyways. So yeah. they're still but, very know, early. Yeah. Like they still have a lot of work to do, but Gino has definitely been gold glove caliber. He'll probably be a finalist. He'll be one of the three finalists. I still think they'll give it to Chapman just because he's Matt Chapman, but I think Gino uh, has earned it. I think he's, um, especially now that chat, like just in a vacuum, who's a better third baseman Chapman. Like he's, he's a freak defensively. Mm-hmm. Chapman's having a little bit of a down year defensively. Gino's having mm-hmm. a, a good year defensively. And now Chapman's going to be out for a couple weeks. You know, the Mariners are the hottest team in baseball. They're, they're collecting a lot of attention recently. Yep. Maybe this is the year for Gino to kind of upset uh, the, the natural order of things. Gino's been sick over there. Like he's been an absolute weapon and that's helped make up for the, uh, the loss in mm-hmm. offense from, from last year to this year. So, I mean, he's still, He's still been pretty good offensively. He's like a 105 WRC plus guy. That's not exactly what you want. And obviously the power hasn't been present. He's like, he's got like a 390 slug, which is, you don't want a 390 slug from your, from your third baseman. But he has hit 18 home runs. He obviously had some really bad luck earlier on in the year. Um, you know, he's, he's still been a good player uh, offensively and uh, defensively just been elite in my opinion. And again, plays like what he did yesterday show that. So, yeah, I think he absolutely deserves it. All right, last question of the day here comes from Mark. What do you think the future plans are for Dominic Canzone? Everyday player or fourth outfielder? Maybe even first base. Um, Colby, you and I were talking about this before we hit record. You and I both know that they're gonna they're gonna force Canzone into an everyday role at least to start the season next year, right? Like that seems very likely. Whether we agree with it or not, which yeah. yeah, you know, I, I think that I think Jerry and Justin are going to try and force the issue on that front. Now, where does he start? I don't know. Could be first base if they move on from Ty France, which is something that you and I both think they should really explore this offseason. Pete Alonzo. I know we got a lot of questions about Pete Alonzo. Uh, you yes. and I have also t- you and I have also talked about Christian Walker. Um, you really like him. That would be your preferred, uh, preferred Gold choice. First baseman with that. 30 home runs and has roughly the same on base as Ty France. What <laughs> upgrade at but first? Yeah. It's possible. Yeah, very much so. But pretty yeah, easily it, too, I might add. But whatever. It, the the plan there could be Canzone. It could also be the 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 plan for him is right field if they move on from Teo. Which again, uh, <laughs> I, look, I like Canzone. I think he's going to be a good player. We said this during our, our prospect rankings. Like, I think he's going to be a good player. I'm impressed, especially with his plate coverage, his plate discipline that he's showing at the plate. But the athleticism thing, like that's still, <laughs> even with yesterday's catch, which I know you want to talk about. I know you got some thoughts on that that you want to share. 
Uh, I'll get to you in just a second on that, but I, I think he's going to be a good player, but I would rather, I still think at least right now, I don't know if there's anything he can really do within the next six to eight weeks that's going to say like, yeah, he should absolutely unequivocally be a, an everyday player for this roster heading into 2024. I think he's a great fit to be a rotational player. Yeah, he can play his way into an everyday role. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but also, can we stop with the, oh, he's left-handed Mitch Haniger? You could get away with playing Mitch Haniger in center field, like early in Mitch's career. You want to put Dom Canzone in center field, really? Like you're comfortable with that? Explain, explain, explain why you're you're saying this because because I know you, not good. Like defensively, I know, I know. Yeah, I know you. You have some thoughts on that play yesterday. It wasn't a good play. It wasn't like when you watch it live. Like, oh wow, that's that's a great play. You know, he laid it's out. A, it's a good recovery. Like we can say that, right? Yeah, it it is because you know what happened. Crack of the bat, he freezes for a second. He mm-hmm. takes two steps in the wrong direction, then realizes, oh, this ball is slicing. Like you know. 98% of baseballs hit by a right-handed hitter into right field, they slice towards the foul line. That's just physics. He rec- recognizes that, takes one step, lays out, makes the catch, and it's like, cool, it looks great on, you know, on highlight reels and all that stuff. It's not a good play. It's a routine, it's a routine play. It really is. Like, get the right read, get the good jump, and you're gonna make that play standing up because you're well positioned. Mm. They had you played perfectly. Like you had him played perfectly and he still almost missed it. It wasn't a great play. It was a good recovery, you know, and, and I'm glad he made it. Like, obviously you, it doesn't really and the matter. Picture, how you, and the picture is dope. The picture is dope. Right. Right. And it, yeah. like I said, it doesn't really matter how you make the catch. As long as you catch it, just mm-hmm. make, just convert balls that should be outs and outs. And I don't care how you do it, but like, can we stop with like, Oh, like that's like a Mitch Hanegrask play. No, Mitch is standing there waiting for the ball to hit his glove. Like even bad Mitch Hanegar. Like Mitch, last year, Mitch, Mitch, wasn't a, Mitch wasn't a great defender, but yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, not towards the end, but he's yeah. better than Canzone. So stop yeah. with that comp. It's just, it's so lazy. They're both from Arizona. They're both like older rookies. Oh, they're the same guy. No, they are not. They must certainly that, are that, not. That's that's where the the comparisons begin yes. and end. <laughs> I mean, yeah. maybe he can become Mitch Haniger at the plate. I do really like the bat. I do. Yeah, and I, do. I think yeah. I think for the most part, he's good enough in a corner that the bat is going to just like you can like live with be, him there. You can live with him. Yeah. He, he'll be a 45 grade outfielder and you're just like, fine, whatever. And then as he gets a little bit older, he'll have to move to first. Cause it's just going to get too much of a, too much of an issue, but it wasn't an f- amazing play. It was a cool play and you know, it was a great reaction and it was like nice recovery, but I love the a, confidence. I was telling you this before yeah, we hopped on here. No, I love I the mean, confidence to get up and hit yeah. the no fly zone. Have like the stones to be like, yeah, that's right. I just made that play, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, you, I guess you did. But you did. You, you made. You play. did catch that ball. But Great recovery. Great recovery. It, Athletic it, recovery. Even I would say that. I, but I mean, a good athlete wouldn't be in that position to begin with. So I just whatever you know. Isn't that more? You, isn't that more of a mental thing though? Like taking the wrong step, all that. Isn't that less? Doesn't that say less about his athleticism and more about his perception? I think that's reaction or reaction, whatever. And yeah, like, yeah. Reaction is an athletic thing, like quick reaction. So I'm not saying he can't get better either. By the way, uh, he could. You could get better defensively. Yeah, yeah. We've yeah. seen it before. And if he's just average, then I think the bat makes him. You know three, four win player. If he's an average, uh, it has the potential to do that. 
if you're just an average defender. He's not good. He's not good out there. He's not killing you, right? He's not uh, Mark Trumbo, right? He, he's not Domingo Santana. Like, he's not that. Would you, but... would you say that he is the Kyle Gibson of outfielders, Colby? <laughs> I would say he's the Seth Smith of outfielders. As my comp game continues to remain strong, uh, you're welcome, guys. So, like, I've nailed it. I have nailed the last two Mariner prospect comps. Absolutely. I I just, I love though. I love the timing of this play happening right after we talked about his athleticism right after just like I watched that play. And obviously I was like, Holy crap. Like he made that play. That's insane. But also seriously, seriously, Dom, you couldn't even like two days after we released that show, seriously. And obviously the comments came flooding in because obviously the first thing that comes to a lot of people's minds now, whenever something that contradicts whatever we've said on the show is, Hey, I got to let them know about it. (laughs) You know, like a normal person does. Um, yeah, not a great play. Not a great play. We have, we had a name for a play like that in high school that I don't want to say because I don't want to call out anybody that, you know, might listen to the show. Uh, probably doesn't, but maybe somebody they know listens to it and I don't, I don't mm. want to drag them, you know, through the mud, but sure. it was a good play because it had to be because you screwed up. Like that's what it was. And so, sure. you know, it was, it was fun to watch. And like I said, the reaction is hilarious. Cause yeah, he gets up, like not only does he hit him with the no fly zone, he also gets him with a little da da da. So it's like, yeah, like, okay, whatever, Dominic, like fine, <laughs> but come on. Come on, guys. He kind of has some spike to him. I'll, I'll say that. The the bat drop. The, the sure. You know, yeah. No. He he's, uh, when he's feeling himself, like he's yeah take, he's he's yeah, got that in the no fly zone. Like just, he's got some confidence. He, he does. Yeah. But like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'll say this: I am a, a Dominic Canzone fan. I'm a I'm so a Dominic I. I'm a Dominic Canzone stan. Actually, I'm a Dominic stan zone. If you will. Oh, uh, I love right. you've been working on that one. Uh, just now just now uh, baby uh sure <laughs> i like i like canzone too i really do i i know like whenever i say something slightly negative about a guy everybody's like oh colby hates him that's not nice. i mean he hates his guts and it's like <laughs> i don't i think he's totally fine i think he's gonna be a good hitter can we just stop giving him credit for things that he should just do like how close are we to be like oh did you see him run to first base on that ground ball oh gamer like we're gonna keep giving him credit for stuff he should just do like that that's a routine play that he should have made. He messed up, made up for it, which is all that matters at the end of the day. And then he, he, he you know, he's got some swag. He sold it a little bit like good for him. Like that, that's a good for him. I like hand zone. I think he's going to be a good player. I don't want him to be an everyday player next year. I don't want him to just be like handed 600 at bats next year. I want the plan for him to be like a, a 400 plate appearance guy who maybe has to go down. And if he has to go down, we're okay with that because we protected ourselves here, but maybe he's a guy who just hits and we're like, he's got to be in the lineup every day. Lefty, righty doesn't matter. And, and DH first base, left field, right field. We'll find a way to get him in there. Mm-hmm. I want him to play his way into that. I don't want him to be handed that to circle all the way back to the question. Yeah. I think they're probably going to try and force that fit. I'm not a fan of that strategy, mm-hmm. but we'll see. We'll see what they do. I, I would say there's a pretty good chance he enters 2024 as the uh, starting right fielder or first baseman, or left and fielder I, or DH, and, like whatever. And he'll and be I in the opening. And I don't lineup. agree with it, at least as of today, right? Right. I don't think there's anything. Again, just to reiterate, I don't think there's anything that he can do within the next six to eight weeks to change my mind on that. But like with Teo, you know, I'm open minded. 
Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I, would say, we'll I, I think that he is essentially written in pen in the Mariners opening day lineup next year. And I don't think he should be. That's all we're saying. Agreed. It's good to have you back. It's good to have you back. That's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining You're us welcome. here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dan Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well over at Locked On Mariners. That's one word, Locked On Mariners. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Again, you can catch the Mariners and the A's tonight on the Mariners' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.